Welcome to the Strategy Sherpa Show, a series of organic discussions between hosts David Chavez and a variety of notable business leaders centered around their most significant failures and how they handled those challenges so listeners can learn from their most teachable moments and apply the lessons to their organizations. Now, here's your host, David Chavez. Hello, everybody. This is David Chavez. This is Strategy Sherpa, the Strategy Sherpa show, where we don't talk about everything great we've done. We talk about things that maybe we messed up a little bit along the journey. Um, and I have a special guest for you, an amazing lady. Um, I would tell you that she is one of my most respected CEOs, turning around a huge company and just making it work for, for her and all of her team. And um, her name is Debbie Davis, and she works with Scott Manufacturing. Welcome, Debbie, to the show. Thank you very much, David. Nice to be here. That's great. Um, let's not, we'd be remiss if we didn't say something about um, being 9-11 today and all the people who passed away in the World Trade Center. Um, I, it would just be remiss if we didn't say something about that. I know as a former military person myself, that day was very, very... Um, challenging for me just watching that happen especially on our on american soil and i just want to remember all those people and um all the great americans who went and protected our country thereafter for quite a while thank you david i feel the same way same sentiment yeah yeah so so but let's let's jump into the show a little bit and um i'm going to talk a little bit about why we do this show because we do this show this way because I think that oftentimes we hear a lot about people's successes and how they uh, they um, made it um, in and in all those stories, there's these story, all these other stories that seem to get forgotten of like mistakes and decisions that we made along the way. And so what we're trying to do at the Strategy Sherpa Show isn't to rub people's nose in the mistake. It's to learn from the mistake and help other entrepreneurs out there think about things a little bit differently. So maybe they don't make the same mistake or they don't make the same mistake we made them. And so Debbie's here and she's ready to start talking about a few things, but I just wanted to, I wanted to remind everybody you can visit us at assuredstrategy.com if you're interested in learning about a little bit about what we do. And then um, Debbie, let's just jump right in and let's talk about, one of those things that um, that that really got you and and maybe made a decision that you made at the time, which seemed very good and turned very not so good for you, and then how you overcame that. So let's start off with uh, tell us one of the issues that you've or one of the decisions you made. Oh uh, well, it goes back about a decade now, but the thing that was most interesting. Our CEO, former CEO, was retiring, and it put us in a situation where we finally brought we were finally brought into the fold of what was really going on. And it, I learned that his utter lack of leadership really left us with a scarcity of orders. It created extreme reduction in revenue, resulting in us falling out of banking covenants, which was quite critical, and initiated the lack of our commercial banking relationship. So I was left trying to figure out how to manage a business without a good uh, commercial bank. Okay. So, so, so what you're saying is, is that um, 
banking. So you didn't have a good banking relationship. And because of the change, you are violating your covenants. And because you didn't have a good banking relationship, you ended up getting hurt by the bank. Is that what you're saying? Very much so, because they didn't allow us an opportunity to to mend the deficiencies. There was no time to remedy, and it left us basically without without any real banking. And I was trying to figure out what I could do to keep us alive. Okay, so so um, your give give the audience a little bit of your background, so then then we'll come back into this just real quick. Well, I just I've almost got manufacturing for seventeen years. Actually, mm-hmm. almost 18 years next month. But prior to that, I have a legal background and an accounting background. And I felt a lot of that was I've parlayed into what I do now. And it this this the, the whole idea of the legal background also gives me that risk. I have a lot of risk aversion. So I'm always trying to look out for the company. And it's, it's very tedious when you're not getting cooperation. <laughs> Yeah, and what and your manufacturing company? What do you guys specialize in? Because you're a specialty manufacturer, correct? Yeah, very much so. Actually, David, we manufacture for the American utility industry when it, electrical distribution cabinets mainly and pole lane hardware, and it's pretty common, very ubiquitous. You drive around your neighborhood, you're going to see probably one of our boxes. Right. Right. And so it's it's those big green boxes that sit outside of people's house, right? There are little switches in there that you guys um, um, build for the utility companies, correct? Right. right. They could be other colors. Just I don't want someone yeah. to think they have yeah. a brown box or something. Not, not ours. We built whatever the color is needed. But yes, it is for distribution. It goes into a home or into a, a commercial business. It's the distribution level. So it takes high voltage and brings it down to medium voltage that you can use. Yeah, so I, I've seen I've seen some of your products as big as a semi, really a fully loaded semi. So um, the, there's all different types of uh, sizes. You build these the specifications that the uh, uti- utility companies request. Is that correct? Absolutely. And that would be substations like you're referring to, down to small little metering cabinets to actually be able to measure the usage between two different businesses. It's very 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 cool, and you have you use a lot of steel. You um, do a lot of um, bending of that steel, welding of the steel, and then buying a lot of electrical switches and assembling the different products to make the switches that work inside of these boxes. It's pretty fascinating. If, you, if you've ever been in a manufacturing facility, it's pretty ma- interesting when you start to see these things being put together. All right, so let's go back to the, the the thing that you were talking about. So banking relationships. So the mistake you guys made was not having strong banking relationships, and the company um, was falling out of the banking covenants. And banking covenants, if you don't know, when you have debt or, or anything of any size, the bank puts some restrictions on you, and you have to stay within these guidelines or else they can call the debt. So do you want to explain a little bit what happened there, Deb? Well, that's exactly what happened as our revenue was our revenue was nearly absent with the CEO who was also in charge of sales at the time of his departure. And as he left, he left us with 1.6 million in a backlog, which didn't even cover one month's worth of revenue. And by the end of Q1, we were upside down by $895,000, which lost the bank 
felt that they could not be able to tolerate. So they had made some recommendations to try to help. They did try to help in the beginning, but um, some of the decisions I made based on their help ended up backfiring. I brought in a GM and a consultant to basically try to remove me from the company and take over the company. And he was very self-serving. So that was quite a learning experience for me that nearly... um, it nearly le- left us holding the bag when it came to financials. And we were, I, I, I have to put it nicely, he also brought in his friends to help us as well. And his friends were first working remotely, and then they came in and uh, started working in our manufacturing area. And uh, a lot of the work they did was actually detrimental to the company and really messed up our scheduling. So it yeah. caused a problem. Yeah. So, so, um, so what you're saying is, is that you brought in a consultant to help fix some of these banking relationship problems and what the consultant did. And this was really shocking to, to me because probably about, it's been a while now since we started working together. Do you know how long it's been? Uh, I believe we're, we're in our fifth year. Yeah. So this is this is um, about five years ago when Assured Strategy started helping you. And um, I remember sitting down and talking to you and you talking to me and you told me that you enjoyed what I did because you saw me speak. Yes. You were very interested in hiring me. But at the same time, you were very afraid of hiring me. And you told me <laughs> why you were, yeah. And so, so why don't, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what the consultant did, like to get you in the position, like what was he trying to do? I said, tell some of those details a little bit. He was gathering, he, he was actually gathering uh, some of our longtime employees to gather up their shares to vote on getting uh, me removed as well as our president at the time. He, he had gathered a lot of support in that and tried to really besmirch my reputation. And as, this, as the CFO at one time, I had deep understanding of what was going on and uh, about an eight-year experience with the CEO. And he, he supplanted everything I put in place and decided that he knew better than I did. And he had enough of his friends in the business here as well that he had recommended that ended up um, they were able to put pressure on some of the owners of this company because remember we're an employee-owned company and as an ESOP it's very easy to sway people that are business-minded but actually with little experience. Right. Yeah, they're just naive in the way that business works, but they're very focused on the business making money because they have a vested interest in that happening, right? Right. Like they're okay. passionate for the company, and he spoke very eloquently. He was very convincing. I, he had me fooled in the beginning, and as I realized, he was undermining. And also, he had um, nicely stated that on one or two occasions that he wished he could actually run this company because he could make lots of money. And he was speaking of himself. And he was trying to convince me to sell special shares to him, which, of course, would be a violation of ESOP and IRS laws. But he was getting them convinced that that was something that could be done. Yeah. Yeah. So he was doing everything he could to basically do a coup d'etat on you. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the president also. And you, right. and you had both been at the company for quite a while at that point. You, you probably 13 years, right? 
Right. The president at that point was probably uh, 35 years. Yeah. And and Ernie is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. I mean, talking about a genius at what you guys do. I mean, he literally can just look at something and know it's wrong or it's right. It's a pretty amazing skill. He's the heart of the company for sure. Yeah. And he's a great innovator. I mean, the guy can start to look at something and just it's like an art. He can just put it together in his head really quickly. So it's really interesting to watch him. So so this guy came in and he's trying to push you and um, Ernie out and trying to take over even any means possible. And so I think that what you're really saying is the challenge was that you hired somebody hoping that they would come in and help you guys get focused on maybe some of the things that were really important to the bank so you could resolve these issues. And what this guy did is maybe took you further into problems to benefit himself. Absolutely. He brought in additional consultants that were also not able to look at the root problem, but they saw the cash cow that Scott was at the time and a future cash cow for them. Yeah. Yep. And so the, basically they were trying to undermine you and and Ernie and the really the whole exa- uh, team when all you guys needed was some help to get you refocused so that you could get your revenue back because there wasn't a lack of work that you were experiencing. Not at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, this is a Strategy Sherpa show. We're getting ready to go take a break. I just wanted to say to you that that um, we have a couple of events coming up on the 14th of September. Um, that's this Thursday. We have Warren. And scaling your business doesn't have to be exhausting and time-consuming with five proven tools he's going to go through that help you think about your business different. And again, so it, it's a hour-long webinar. It's, it'll be really informative. And Warren's just such a great um, personality. I, you, you'll love uh, being with him on the 14th of September. It's from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. And then we have a free webinar on how to build accountability through rhythms on October 26th at 1 to 2 p.m. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll see you on the other side. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all the, the revenue that that plane generates. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Uh, We're back, and we're back with Debbie Davis with Scott Manufacturing, and she is telling us a little about the consultant nightmare that she had and you know look i'm a coach and a consultant myself and um i think that one of the hardest problems i usually have when i'm talking to a company is um maybe the consultant or consultant that has been the coach or the consultant that's been there before us and why i say it that way is because it creates fear in people's heart and so you experienced this this guy was trying to take your company away wasn't helping you with the bank covenants like what are some of the specifics that that you um realized through him like like what what were some of the lessons that you learned from this one of the very interesting things was he he had an op- he had an opportunity to really get inside of the company in a way that he would speak, he actually was gathering a lot of trust from everyone. He was um, very charismatic. So I want to explain that first. In the beginning, I felt very trusting in him as well. I thought he was going to come in and save us. But he brought in consultants that would help us review inventory. He brought in consultants that would, would um, look at our cash flow. He had a, a lot of a lot of different ways of structuring it that appeared to be so appropriate and so perfect. But what he didn't do is he didn't delve into the personality of the company. He didn't have any support in core value and he wasn't people oriented. And so he was he was changing the culture of the company and as an employee owned company, he had no awareness of how tight knit the company would be. And I don't want to use the term family, but very much of a team in the mid on the uh, manufacturing floor because we are fully integrated as you mentioned we build everything from the ground up from sheet steel coming in the door and he he was reviewing things and deciding that he felt this we made a mistake when we had were the way we bought steel we made a mistake on some of the relationships and some of our relationships went back 10 15 years we were actually getting preferential treatment and he he was challenging on how we actually viewed a lot of our relationships and he, I would say the best thing would be he looked at some of the private label work that we were doing with some pretty um, big companies. We were producing products for them, and he was challenging the viability of that work when we already had an established relationship with a very with some very big-name companies for over 10 years. And he was yeah. breaking up those relationships as well. 
Right. Uh, and, and so this guy came in and he was basically not understanding the nuances of the company, didn't take the time to really understand the nuances of the company and started directing you and the others in the company. And it started to make you guys feel a little uneasy. Is that correct? Very much so. And there was a short period of time where I was very ill for about a week. I was out of work for about a week. And during that time, a very this is very interesting, is his actual annual contract had expired during that time. And he continued on. And I understood at that time that the contract was over because we had signed a contract the previous year. And at that point, he was continuing on on a part-time level as our as our general manager. And at the end of, let's say, eight months when things really became, I, my awareness of what was going on with him got stronger. <clears throat> at that point, he actually reminded me that we were in a contract. When, in fact, I pulled the contract forward and said, I don't have a signed contract. And he claimed that I had, in fact, signed it during the time that I was out when I was when I was very, very ill. So it really did, his colors really showed, but it, it wasn't obvious in the beginning. And that's, I think that's the cautionary tale that I learned. And I think that was what you encountered with me when I first met you is it's like, come in and have a wonderful opportunities to discuss things. And you yourself asked me, do you want me to give it to you straight? Do you want me to pull off the bandaid? Do you want me to sugarcoat it? I said, no, after what I've been through, just pull off the bandaid. And I think, it gave you a challenge as well to, you know, that you have to put up with me because at that point I had a pretty tough skin Yeah, because he did a lot of damage. In fact, yeah. I had one meeting coming up after I had terminated our relationship, after I had it completely out of the building and, and he had them convinced that, that they needed him to come in and do some temporary work during monthly meetings or quarterly meetings because he was the only one that could really make things happen. And I actually, had to overcome that and of course you know of course that worked to my advantage because they did see the passion for the company and my understanding is really with your help of course is really what we needed yeah yeah so so i helped you rip off the band-aid and what would you tell people out there when um they get a consultant or a coach what should they do before they actually hire this person what were some of the things that maybe you did because i remember you telling me the story you asking me some more poignant questions and then you called references of mine. And so you did things a little bit differently, but what else did you do that maybe I didn't even see at the time? Well, what I did not do is I, I took it from a recommendation and um, I also belonged to a, a group that did some mentoring and did some coaching for me that had also recommended him as well. And so I thought I had done a, a good vetting, but I actually had not done a thorough vetting. I did not go to actual active, um, uh, sorry, like his other customers. I did not check with other clients and confirm what they were satisfied with what he did. It was, that was a big mistake. That's something I would say is just a recommendation of people that work with someone doesn't, it did not mean that he was good in our circumstances. And I think, just because doesn't mean it's not a good excuse. And that's, uh, that was really one of my embarrassing moments. <laughs> yeah. that, um, and so, and so, so now I, I haven't worked with you. I worked with you for two or three years. And then um, one of our team members has been helping you for about two or three years now. And, 
And, um, and, and that's been a really good journey for you because I was, I'm, I sort of the person who helped you turn things around and get it thinking about a little bit different. And now we have something that's, um, a little more sustainable and you guys are just kicking rear now. Is that fair? Absolutely. I had several team members that I felt were really up and coming. I had engaged them in all different ways, tried to get them into leadership training and other opportunities with, um, you know, going to seminars, going to some other things. And actually, I recommended some reading because I am a big, um, I, I think, self-learner. I think that's one of my things is I've always, you know, if I don't know it, I'm going to pull a book. I'm going to learn. I'm going to read. I'm going to do everything I can. And I've received some really forward-thinking staff from from all of the, the group that I had vetted in my inside of the company. And they were able to look at some of our past challenges and learn from them and help lead us into future growth. And that's one of the things that we got when we brought in Assured Strategy is bringing yeah. you, David, is the fact that they were given some coaching and support to help them strengthen themselves because I think they were pretty shaken by what had happened as well and didn't feel that they necessarily have all of the information they needed to move forward, which they have since they're working really hard for me. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. I, I mean, I, I know your information isn't public, but I can tell you guys that she's more than doubled the revenue over about a two to three year period and probably quadrupled, maybe even 10 times for profitability. Absolutely. And, and it's just amazing to watch. Um, so, so, so let's talk about, because you gave me a few different challenges that you've had, and we had about four minutes till the break. So let's frame up the next one. So the next one was an inventory issue, huh? Oh, our inventory was a mess. Our valuation was, the, the inventory valuation was inaccurate. Our building materials had to be corrected, and we weren't aware if we were making a profit or not. And uh, that's that's one of the things that we learned after bringing in you, David, and your your entire team and assured strategy is we found out that our profit, our gross profit margin was well below industry standards, which was critical. Our pricing was off, and the material valuation. We we would build a product, send it out, and believe that we were making money when, in fact, we were. It was hurting our margins, and we weren't. Technically, we weren't covering our overhead. Right, because pricing was changing so much, even in your field, because the electrical grid is expanding at a rapid, rapid rate, Absolutely. and and all the pricing has gone up tremendously. And then you guys just didn't keep up with that because of long term contracts. And I got you guys to think about it just a little bit differently. But a, a lot of it, you guys already knew. I was pretty impressed with how much you guys knew. It was just helping you. I think I was probably uh, the assured strategy team was probably just the catalyst of helping you see things. You already sort of knew we're there. I remember walking through the warehouse or the uh, manufacturing facility with you, and we were looking at the inventory and looking at all the old inventory sitting there that was just obsolete and things like that. And and we were trying to find space in the in the facility. We couldn't find any space, and I, we just started getting rid of all this stuff, right? And, Absolutely. Um, really helped cash flow that way too because there was a ton of money that just wasn't and products we weren't ever going to use anymore right? absolutely a lot of it was obsolete and also for some of the old guard who has long since left was they didn't feel comfortable taking out the the old products they felt they might come in handy sometime the one of them had his comment 
good enough is good enough. And we, we say good enough is not good enough. And that's a change because that the lack of capacity, the lack of space actually affected us. And I finally convinced members when you see a pallet full of product, you know, represents a Cadillac, try to get them to understand that one little pallet of items was such a high value that they had to, they needed to have the shelf space and not old decrepit items. <laughs> right, right. And and I think I love that you put it in the sense that every pallet was a Cadillac. It's a Cadillac of money sitting there too, right? Right. And that was that was really some of your challenge because you were cash flow starved at that time. Right. Right. The software that we had was horrible. It wasn't able it wasn't it was more of a manual system. So we brought in a new software, believing that was going to be one of the things that would solve some of our problems. This is prior to uh, Assured Strategy coming in. And uh, I wasn't aware that the team at the time that I had inherited was actually incapable of being able to put together the right information so they could data map our program into our new software. So I was led to believe that they were the dream team that I would need to install. And it ended up that they they were dismally lacking in the ability to manage it a modern system. And it was quite it was quite interesting. I had to um, recognize and actually um, invite some folks to um, actually retire out of that system, but with a really nice severance package. Uh, yeah. actually, but it was challenging when you can't fix a problem when you don't have the right folks in there. But now I have a phenomenal team. Yeah. So, so, so just to stay with that just for a second, and we'll come back after the break and talk about a little bit more, but you're talking about installing the ERP system that you had purchased and the first go around wasn't very successful. And we'll pick it up on the other side with that. Um, so I just, um, um, uh, I wanted to make sure that I said this because I said it wrong the last time. All of our webinars are one to two central time, not Pacific. So please forgive me. Um, I don't want you to show up two hours late. Um, so so the, the first one, as I said, was um, um, how to grow your business with five proven tools with Warren Sager. Um, and again, he's trying to help you um, uh, scale your business and think about it a little bit differently. On the 26th of October, we have How to Build Accountability Through Meeting Rhythms by by Kane Pekovic, my partner in the business, and she's actually um, asking a question, is your organization a lack of accountability and how to build accountability through the meetings? And on November 9th, we have accountability could be so easy, um, but... Um, the, the all the things that go into lack of accountability and this is a one day live workshop where we're actually diving in and doing some exercises and help people really realize how to build accountability so we're going to come back on the other side of the break and we'll get back to debbie and talking about this erp system thank you for everything so far debbie and we'll see you after the break okay Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Anyone can learn the keys to success from podcasts, TED Talks, and other forms of media. 
But what you really don't learn is the failures that lead up to that point. Join David Chavez on the Strategy Sherpa Show as he and notable business leaders have that discussion and teach you how valuable it is to learn from your failures. The Strategy Sherpa Show, Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. And get amplified. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. I'm sitting here with an amazing CEO, um, Debbie Davis, who runs a company called Scott Manufacturing that is a specialty manufacturer in the electronic switches that sit outside of your house, outside of buildings. And again, I'm simplifying it by saying that um, it's a very complicated business. They basically build switches to spec or um, conduits for the electrical grid. And it's really, really interesting what they do. And Debbie, we were talking about it right before we went to break. You were just um, getting to the point. And one of the things I like to say to people is, you know, the cost of an ERP system is not the software. And it seems like it's always evaluated from the cost of the software. Um, I just uh, say to people, multiply that by 10, and that's probably your real cost to install it. Um, I haven't really seen an ERP system become effective without spending one hundred dollars to $250,000 in costs getting it set up. And I would say that resources, that includes resources and everything else, because no one ever thinks about the resources that are involved, like my people's time. And that's where you ran into a little bit of problem too, right? Absolutely. And thought, did not even realize that a couple of hundred thousand would have been that would have been nothing compared to what it ended up costing us by having doing it wrong. Yeah. You are so, exactly right. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about what you did wrong. So like, because these ERP decisions, CRMs, things like that, that are really complex, could, but really could change your business. I think people need to think about them correctly and the magnitude of what you're actually doing. Well, particularly for us in a manufacturing environment, what, um, the, the build of materials is actually the what 
or all of the components, all of the steel, everything that goes into building one of our products. That has to be properly mapped, not just the raw materials, but also the labor, the time, machinery, uptime, all the capacity. All that needs to be collected and put into the ERP system. And if you haven't thoroughly measured all of those activities and regarded every piece, and you don't think about the nuts and the bolts, if you don't have all of that included when you add it together into the system, you're not going to get reliable um, numbers. You can't trust the system. And we've been with this software for, we had the software for so many years and nobody trusted it. So there's a lot of manual systems and a lot of workarounds that were going on that I wasn't even aware of. And not that they were doing anything necessarily wrong. They were trying to make it work. I mean, that's the thing about our team. The people are amazing, but they weren't able to work the system the way it was because it wasn't initiated properly. If I, we had invested, let's say, let's say $250,000, hired several outside people to actually get, gather the information and have it ready for input, we would have been well ahead of the game. Right. But instead, we've worked frustratingly for years, years yeah. and years. And just, I, I, I remember when I came in, there was another year of pain before we actually took the steps necessary. I remember one of the meetings, what I say to CEOs often is, let's get the experts in the room to talk about it. And the experts aren't sitting in the executive office. They're down on the line doing the work every day. And we brought a whole bunch of them in to the meeting and and you and the people that we selected to come into that meeting, I don't remember who selected them, but I know you had a little bit of say in that and you didn't micromanage it, but you had a little bit to say. But I would just say that, um, man, they came in and just gave it to us. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like like um, they started telling us that you, you can't rely on anything in the system. We have all these workarounds and we were just literally uh, after the meeting we had to have another meeting just to process all the data and feedback we, we got right right yes. so 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 we really missed the boat on that one in the sense of you were trying to get it done you kept on trying to patch work what had been being done and what did you end up doing finally to really rectify the problem because i know that that was um a very costly mistake well, initially, I I moved somebody into uh into actually that was their primary job was to pull it together. Unfortunately, he was he he was over his skis, as they say. He it was it was well beyond his ability, and and I, I gave him about sixty ninety days, followed up with him, and his first band aid fix actually close crushed our system for about a week. We actually call it a crisis. We had a crisis of about a week, and it took almost all of my 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 best players, right? My utility players were busy trying to fix the system so we could move forward with a bandaid. But now we've actually brought in. We have a information systems manager. He's able to look at it and dissect everything that we really need. That that the time that we would have saved in the first place was now covers his salary easily like not not even not even for thought and he's able to look at it and bring in what you said the specialists the smes as the subject um matter expert yes that those they come they come in now they come in off of the floor they were very tentative at first as well because that was new for them but they're they've all grown stronger in that and most of them have been promoted up as managers rather than even as floor supervisors or foremans that they were because they they see 
and they do. So it's it's like even like we were talking about Ernie, they have the actual props to do what it is that we need rather than um, feeling our way. I guess that would be the, <laughs> we're kind of feeling our way through it now. And and the trust level has really increased, which is paramount for any business is having that trust of them knowing that we actually respect their information and we need their help. Yeah, so what you're saying is is that you hired a su subject matter expert to manage the ERP system and really got them focused on getting the components because in a manufacturing facility, the components and the amount of time we spend on what we're manufacturing and putting, assembling really together is really critical in an ERP system. And they did all those time studies and they, and you hired a really good person to run the processes in the company. Um, and then you hired a subject matter expert on the actual ERP system right. so that the two of them work together to get uh, along with all of the employees, line employees included, and really got this thing set up correctly. And then you started getting some information so you could really make really good decisions, which led you to start selling some of your more profitable products. Absolutely. Um, because the market was a lot bigger for some of the most profitable products and you didn't even understand that they were the most profitable and the market was that big. Absolutely. It actually allowed us to raise our prices and and be able to back it up. Yeah. And in our business, sometimes you have to you have to be able to pro, uh, provide the indices and give an indice which would explain what a price is going to be in the future, and and based on the past pricing. And they and the utilities, a lot of those are independently owned, and a lot of them have shareholders. And so you can't just put in a price increase. They they have to go through several levels, and being able to know what we were actually being uh, what our actual costing was allowed us to make those changes, which dramatically helped our bottom line. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's so well said. And I love I, I love how you uh, went into that. But let's uh, let's go into this last thing. Um, so 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 uh, that's just great. And I, I think it's really good. So do your research on the ERP system, what you thought you had done, but make sure you understand the time commitment the specialties you're going to need to get the system into place and the amount of resources in the company it's going to cost you to really get everything into place. Is that, is that being said? Well, uh, absolutely. That. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. So let's talk about, you gave me one more and I, I love it that you gave me three. Cause I, I, I think of it like, um, you know, Hey, we all make bad decisions, but um, at the time we're making them, we think they're great decisions, right? And so, yes. um, so, so let's talk a little bit about a sales director and and uh, and that um, situation because you sort of walked into that when you took over the helm of the company. It was already going on, right? Uh, problem is, I had a sales director that was a poor performer. And it wasn't, it wasn't a comfortable situation to, to come in and tell him that he wasn't doing a good job. So I thought the brilliant idea, my brilliant idea was to bring in a director of sales administration that would actually do the actual work that was expected to put together a sales plan, to be able to direct um, where most profitable jobs were, to look at territories. And we use manufacturing representatives for selling throughout the country. And so I brought someone else in to, to do that. And that was um, a 
another big mistake, embarrassing mistake. But uh, what, 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 what made that embarrassing? The second one made it worse. <laughs> what was embarrassing about the second one? Wasn't able to follow any of this put it together sales plan was incapable of actually following up on what was necessary wouldn't do their homework and was also ineffective when it when it came to building a sales plan and the sales plan is paramount i mean we needed a sales plan in place and without the sales plan in place they weren't even able to hold our sales team accountable the sales team themselves on their self, on their own independently they're great but you can't run a company by people with a sales team that has autonomy. And that's, you know, they're great, but they need that support. And so that that was a, a big mistake on my part. Okay. And, 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 and so you bring this person in and they start to um, start to basically hurt your company, really, because of this going on, right? Right. All right. Well, let, let, let's talk about that on the other side. I think we're getting ready to go into another break here in a few minutes. And, um, oh, we, we have a little bit of time, maybe. Um, um, so, so I want to remind everybody about the webinars that we're doing, that we're doing this Thursday and it's from one to two central time. And it's Warren Sager, one of our coaches, and he's going to be talking about five tools that'll improve your business. And then, um, we have a live event in November about accountability in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I really, um, encourage people to check that out. It, it's one thing to think about accountability by numbers, which numbers are very important, but it's also about human behavior and putting them through the change management process. And Debbie alluded to that a little bit in the ERP system um, issue she had. She had to get the people's mindset on really making the change and really investing the time and the energy into that change to make it happen. And we're going to be talking about both of those things, the number side of it and the human activity side of, of accountability and what really what are those elements that really make that happen so um deb I, I, let's go let's get you on the other side and let's take a break and then we'll t continue talking about the sales director and then the administrative support that we, you had hired for them and how this um this really affected the sales and the outcomes of the company so uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back strategy sherpa show this is david chavez Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, 
self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Hi, I'm Matt Liotta, CEO of Volato. Our vision at Volato is to change the private aviation industry by bringing innovative concepts that align our interests with our owners and customers. But what's really exciting about us is our jet share program that allows you for the first time to have unlimited usage of a plane and obtain revenue share. Doesn't matter what size share you buy with us, you can use it as much or as little as you want and participate in all of the, the revenue that that plane generates. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Strategy Sherpa Show. This is David Chavez, the Strategy Sherpa, and we're sitting here talking to Debbie Davis, and she is telling us a little bit about some of the uh, decisions that didn't work out as well as she would have liked them to. And, and, and listen, I think that really important to say this in the show at least a couple of times. You know, at the time we're making these decisions and the information we have, it always seems like it's the right decision. And, and, um, I think all entrepreneurs are in this position where they end up making decisions with the information they have at the time, and they think it's a really good decision, but it turns out not to be. And so we are talking a little bit about your sales director and then administrative support. So you had the wrong people in here. This was really hurting the company because it was really affecting the profitability, but also the revenue of the company because... Um, they were they were trying to sell all specialty one time things and some of what you do has to be a little bit repetitive to get some value out of it and you want to talk a little bit about that yeah it's very interesting they were they were um going after what you know we call the shiny objects uh, especially the sales director he was so impressed by building some of these you know, as you said like the size of semis that takes up a lot of resources in the plant. It takes a lot of design time. Um, yeah, they they make big money, but the cost is, is well up there. So the profitability is no better than some of the smaller riders, which you're right, can be pushed through the plant much quicker. And repeat business, of course, is always good. You get your first article, and then if you can build something over and over again, which a lot of our big utilities do rely on that. We have products we've been building for 40 years for them. So, you know, big, shiny objects are not necessarily profit pieces nice to do that when a big customer requests one because that's that that's our relationship but to go searching for new ones new opportunities to do something fancy is not necessarily a way to run a business 
Yeah, that 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 I call it squirrel chasing, right? <laughs> um, your 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 sales director was actually squirrel chasing, and we kept on trying to share with them that hey, based on what the information we had at the time, because the ERP system still wasn't working, but we were trying to do some calculations outside that these bigger projects were just killing us financially, right? They they were they were great for our ego. Um, oh, you yeah, know, they, because... they looked pretty when they left the plant on the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to pound our chest a little bit and go, yeah, this is we're so great. We built this. But um, when it, when the check came in the uh, to the bank, the cost and after the cost, there wasn't a lot left. Not, so, not, not at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and, and that's a valuable lesson there. So you had the wrong person in the wrong seat. What did you do? Just real quick, share well, what you did. Well, the best solution was to actually, um, the administrative person decided to uh, move on to another opportunity, which which was nice. Then I didn't have to feel badly about that. The other person tried to hold, the sales director tried to hold him accountable. That that was challenging because he really had more interest in selling the big shiny objects. So we had a meeting of the minds and he actually, he left uh, on his own which was nice. It's always preferable when someone decides that you know, they can do better somewhere else. And I actually took over the sales team. Um, I took them on more like a support um, since business development is always my thing. So I you know, was able to accompany them on some sales meetings and, and meet with some of the customers, which I would do anyway as the CEO. But that became, a, uh, I wasn't able to dedicate full time to them so finally, I just decided my CEO responsibilities were much more intense and much more valuable to the company than for me to manage a sales team. So I was fortunate enough to find an excellent sales director. Um, I brought her in, and she is uh, built, She has been working with the sales team in designing a playbook that actually narrows their focus, gives them much more support, and I'm able to be the cheerleader on the side, if you will, <laughs> and right. be happy for what they're doing. And, and it just makes it much more pleasant for everyone. But, and, but I, but I want to capture something you said there. So I'm sorry to interrupt you because we're just running out of time because it's really important what you said. You actually took and jumped in to lead the sales department because it was so important at the time in the company. And I wish, uh, I think a lot of CEOs need to realize this, and especially in a really rapidly growing mid-sized company, because you're up there in the revenue and you have quite a few employees, you have a couple hundred employees. And you, when you really think about these things, it's not viable for me to really run the sales department, but it was absolutely critical at the time because you had to figure out what the heck was going on in there. Absolutely. Is that a is is that a fair statement? Because no matter what we were doing to try to figure it out, it was like there was some curtain in front of us and we just couldn't understand what was going on. Uh, that is so true. I also realized that marketing was poor. I was able to assess that we needed to bring in a marketing person. I have a very strategic marketing person now. We actually went through a rebranding. We introduced yeah. ourselves in the market, um, new and improved, if you will. We've been around over 50 years, but uh, our rebranding has really put us in the forefront. And we're now able to compete on the same level as our multi-billion dollar companies. And uh, we, we have respect in the market with them as well. And we do a lot of um, 
we communicate a lot with our big suppliers. Some of the biggest players in the world now look at us as someone even setting up VMI, vendor management um, systems. So there's a lot of the respect and things. And I, I'm not, I don't want to say I did it on my own. That's not just me, but putting us out there, I think supporting the sales team and getting out in market is, is something that wasn't happening before. And and now I, I think that a lot of that has to do with a lot of our big improvement in revenue and our and our actual position in the industry and the market. Yeah, I just want to say I have so much respect for you and all the hard work that you've done. I think that as a CEO, you haven't let let the position get the best of you or your ego. You're willing to roll up your sleeves and help your people when they're stuck. Um, and it's just amazing to watch what you've done with the company. And I know we don't actively work together anymore. I'm coming in and helping with a few retreats just to get us to think a little bit strategically again uh, at a little higher level. But at the same time, my team has been helping you and you have very close relationships with them. And I just wanted to commend you for all that you've done and having the humility to talk about some of the things you talked about today. And so um Thank you, Debbie, for your time today, and thank you for sharing. And do you have any final closing words for everybody? Well, the nice thing that we were able to accomplish with the help of your your team is getting our core values firmly in place, firmly yep. in place. It is um, it built a trust level, and, under, and the people all the way to the very lowest level employee all the way to the top, everybody understands the core values is what manages everything. All decisions are, go back to our core values. Yeah, we're out, everybody. This is the Strategy Sherpa Show. Thank you for coming today. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Strategy Sherpa Show with David Chavez. We hope we've given you some insight into the journey of success and how the road to success is laid with bricks of failure. Tune in next week for another inspiring episode.